0: The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 162. Iowa has more golf courses per capita than any other state in the U.S. For. One, two, three.
1: I'll show you Paris in the morning. I'll show you
0: Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and today's episode is part two of my interview with Brendan Leonard from Semirad.com. And if you haven't listened to part one yet, you'll want to go and do that. Brendan discusses how to get past the excuses that we tell ourselves the concept of security and what that even means, and he tells a great story about how and why taking a conference call from a smelly car changed his life. You can get that part one podcast right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, on our site at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods, or however you're choosing to listen to this podcast. Before we get started, just a quick reminder that this is the absolute last chance that you have to vote in the Lights, Camera, competition. Why do you want to vote? Well, two reasons. One, you want to help Heather and I become the hosts of our very own TV show. We are one of 10 finalists. If we win the online voting, we will actually fly to Switzerland and be filming a pilot episode for a TV show. So that would be awesome. Thank you for support. And number two, every single person who votes, that includes you, gets entered into a chance to win their very own 10 day, all expenses paid trip. That includes round trip, airfare to Switzerland, accommodations, lodging. That's the same thing, but also includes food, all that good stuff. You will have a chance to win if you vote in the lightscamera switzerland.com competition. So you can go to lightscamera switzerland.com. The voting does end May 5th. So you want to get your entry in. You can also enter once per email address. And if you share that link with others, you get multiple entries. So com. Of course, we appreciate the support. Good luck. And we hope that you win that free trip to Switzerland. All right, guys, let's jump right into part two of my interview with Brendan Leonard from Semirad.com.
1: Yeah, I mean, what what keeps you going? Like why? You know, because I think like both what we're talking about is we can go get jobs, you know, like, or at least some job, you know, we would be a little behind, uh, but we could get a job that, you know, you go into every, every day. So, I mean, what keeps you moving like in the same direction? Like what keeps you returning to being like, no, no, I'm going to stick it out for another few days or months. Sorry, I'm totally turning this on you.
0: No, I, I, it's a great question. I think for me, I was talking to someone this the other day, I just can't even fathom going back to a real job I mean and maybe that's the f- motivating factor is the not the fear of going back to a real job because I know okay I could get one and I now have this resume of hey I've done all this on my own I think that a lot of people would actually if you went to a, a corporation they'd say well this is pretty interesting you've led a much different life than this other 32 year old who's come through this regular channel but for me I, I, I cannot even imagine having to wake up at, let's say, 7.30, going into an office and sitting there for eight hours. I mean, it, it actually makes me feel very uncomfortable and nervous thinking about doing it. Could I do it? Of course. And if I had to, I would. But just the fact that yesterday I could say, you know what, I'm going to fly down from Denver to Austin and to mo- and I'm going to walk around Austin and I don't really have anything that needs to get done and it's i guess it was a sunday so someone else could have done that but it could have been a tuesday or a wednesday or a thursday to me that's just it's invaluable being able to do what i want to do when i want to do it and then also on top of that the idea of you know what you are doing something that's helping people out like you're helping other people get to this this goal or or change their lives in whatever way you're helping other people travel and really see the world i don't know it, it it's very hard for me to even imagine what life would be like if i had a quote-unquote regular job now,
1: right? Yeah, and I, I think that's what exactly what you said. My my girlfriend and I is we're both writers. I mean, so we spend we work together, and kind of support each other in different projects, and work together on one definitely big project that's ongoing. But we, I think, the idea that keeps both of us going is the idea of freedom too. Where you're, you know, I mean, I can hang up the phone right now and go mountain biking, and it's Monday. Sometimes I'll put a photo on Instagram of like going climbing or whatever. And I'll just, the caption will be, looks like somebody has got a case of the Mondays, you know, and, <laughs> um, as a joke, you know, and that's maybe gloating a little bit, but, but yeah, like we can, we can do that. And like, c- can I go mountain biking right? I'm not going to, cause I have a ton of stuff to do because, you know, I sh- I need to keep working obviously, but, uh, but you can, you know, and I can do that on Thursday or tomorrow if I want to. And. I can plan a trip for the middle of the week as long as I think it's going to pay off in some way, you know, financially or otherwise. And that's what has kept me going. Um, Cause there's, I don't have like daily moments of doubt, but every few weeks um, or every couple months there's, you got to reevaluate and think, ah, oh, my man, this is really hectic. And you know,
0: stressful I don't, and-
1: like I don't work it- eight hour days in an office, but we work like six sixes and six sevens and like seven Fives, you know, like
0: yeah, I definitely put in more, definitely more effort. Maybe the time, like if I was to even break it down, and I can't because every week is totally different. But if I was to break down the time, I would say, let's say it equates to forty hours a week. It's probably more. It's probably like forty-five or fifty, but nothing crazy. But the effort, I mean the the effort put in when I'm working, I mean it is it's draining because again, it's all you. I mean everything you're doing, you're creating. Or or you're mapping out something that is going to be created. You're not sitting there saying, "Yeah, I'm at work, but hey, this is really cool. I'm going to go on ESPN.com and read all eight articles that are there right now, and there's four hours of work done." You know, it's <laughs> yeah. I've never worked near as hard as I have or been as stressed out because it is up to us. It's up to us to kind of make the money, to be happy, to to we don't have to answer to anyone else. But all of that is I. No for fact is definitely worth it for me because like you said, like last Friday, we, I was supposed to get work done and I was at my buddies in Boulder and we're like, let's go hiking. And it was the middle of the day and we were both like, ah, oh, no, we should sit and do work. I was like, let's just do it. Let, let's go. And we went and it, it was four of us and we just we just hiked around and it was great. That would not be able to happen. We wouldn't be able to make those decisions if we were in a cubicle.
1: Yeah, and an, uh, an old friend who used to be well he was an old mentor but his saying was nobody ever nobody ever had a great thought sitting in front of a computer screen so <laughs> i think about it right. a lot have you ever read uh there's a gosh this is an article it was in the new york new york times like geez almost three years ago called the busy trap i have not uh, okay the guy's a writer and he talks about um what's his name ah, but he talks about how you know like it's fashionable to say you're busy now and like why why are we all so busy and whatnot and he talks about as a writer, it's it's a different vocation, obviously, but he he prides himself on his ability to quote unquote, waste time, you know, and like, that's where a lot of the good art comes from, you know, it's basically folly. And there's this line in there about like, so if you call me on a random Tuesday and ask if I want to go uh, sip, you know, fruity cocktails, or go check out the new uh, Weighing at the Metropolitan Museum of Art or just ogle girls in Central Park, I will ask you what time, you know? And it's, you have to remember that all these times you put in like grinding it out in front of a computer, you do need to schedule in time to waste, you know? Like there's, there's studies of productivity, you know, basically like your brainwave activity after sitting in front of a computer for, for two hours. And like if you just, you know, what you think is like, oh, you mind? my boss wants me to sit here for another two hours, then I can go eat lunch, then I got to come back for four straight hours, you know, and like, it's proven that if you like go walk a mile, the, the difference in your brainwave activity is extremely significant, you know. Um, right? But yeah, it's it's funny. It's our, our ideas of work and the eight hour work day and stuff like that. And
0: uh, Yeah. and And I think you make a good point that if you aren't someone who is going to leave your job, or you like your job, or you're just not going to Go live in a van or, or travel the world or whatever. There's definitely ways to change your life within what you're already doing, and that can be as something as easy as, hey, you know, instead of like going to lunch at the cafeteria, like I'm going to go walk a mile every day or or anything. I mean, it's so easy. And and we had a an adventurer on by the name of Alistair Humphreys a while yeah. back, and he awesome. he does. Yeah, he does all the micro adventures. And it's like, okay, well, let's say you have a nine to five. Well, what about what are you doing from five to nine? Why instead of sleeping at your bed, don't you just go outside and pitch a tent for one night and just do something different? And you know, it it really struck me as this is a message that anyone can use. No, no one can say I don't have time to do something a little different. You know, even if it is just I'm going to go hike a mountain instead of sleeping in my bed and pitch a tent. And you know what, you're probably going to figure out so many things during that one night that you do it because everything's different and everything's kind of alive and and you're just your senses are alert and that's why I like traveling because it it takes the mundane out of things
1: oh yeah and you know I'm pretty sure side note I think his email automatically at 5 p.m. every day says I think it turns on an out of office every single day that says I've gone to sleep on a hill and something to that effect. And like, I think you just get that response if you hit him after 5 PM every day. But that's been my experience anyway. But I think lots of people love routine, but there's studies about creativity and how, you know, like routine is kind of not good for creativity. And so, yeah, if you think about it, you could, if you packed your car, you know, on a, on a Tuesday night, or we used to do this thing in Denver where, you know, we all lived in the center hill and there's a state park 12 miles down a bike path from here south of denver and it's not anything super special you know it's not like it's not like yosemite or anything but it is a campground that's legal to on weeknights it turns out it's not very busy so in the summertime we would on thursday nights we'd all meet at this park and we would load up our bikes with just obscene amounts of stuff you know like literally loads of firewood beer. Um, you know, like people would take trailers and panniers full of stuff and we would ride down, get there at like seven, cook dinner, sit around a campfire, spend the night, you know, we'd all camp out, pack up at like six thirty the next morning, bike back into the city and everyone would meet, would be at their desk, uh, Friday morning at 9am, you know, which was, which was that little Alistair Humphreys micro adventure. And we forget that we have the freedom to do those things, you know, or like, or like you know, you would take two hours off in a morning, you know, and say, "Hey, boss, I'm not going to be until 10 a.m. I have a, I have a dentist appointment." But like, you would never take that off and say, "Hey, I'm leaving it. I'm biking this afternoon, or I'm going to go, I'm going to go camp on Wednesday night." You know, is that cool with you? Right.
0: Um, or, Only in Boulder do they do that,
1: right? Yeah, I know. And even <laughs> even a lot of jobs in Denver, I'm like, you know, I had a friend who missed his first like two days of teacher. Of staff orientation because he was guiding a raft trip at a new teaching job. Like he like, well, I signed the contract and then the next day, you know, after I was like in for the year, you know, they weren't going to hire somebody else. I I asked him if that was <laughs> okay. I'm like, That's so Colorado, but but I think like a lot of people don't even explore you know the idea of unpaid time off at their job. You know, like we all have this idea that our our job and our role of whatever we do is so important. There's absolutely no way anybody else could handle it. You know, if we were going to leave for you know, America, we try to squeeze vacations into, like, five days or seven days or, you know, two weeks at the most. And, like, in Europe, they're, like, taking, like, four to six weeks off, you know. Like, oh, yeah, we're only here for a month, you know. <laughs> like, what? And, like, I think when you do step away from everything and, like, you do just let the emails pile up and you have your out-of-office on, you, you realize that most of the people, like, there aren't these, like, nuclear bombs going off, you know, metaphorically in your work life. You're like... Oh look at that! They just figured it out because I was out of the office for two weeks. So and it it's, was just fine. It's
0: incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. We were in India and we met an Australian couple. And like Europeans, Aussies, if they're only taking a month, it's like a short vacation. And we asked them like, "Hey, how long you guys are in India?" And it was it was three months. I think they were going around. And I said, "Oh well, are you guys studying?" They seemed my age, like too old to be in university still, and. They said, oh, no, no, we work with like the Geological Society of Australia, something like that. Both of them did. And I was like, oh, so did they bring in temp work for you for these three months that you're gone? They said, no. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, Are you that... I, I didn't put it this bluntly, but I was just thinking, are you that invaluable that someone doesn't have to come in and do two people's jobs while you're away? Or, I, I mean, it's, mo- it's not really that, but it's funny to think of it that way. It's really that... You know, whatever they're doing, their culture allows time built in for people to do this, and I think it's an, a, a great point that you made that people always want to think they're more important than they are, and that something can't get done without them. But when you pull yourself out of the picture, you'll you'll realize that life goes on, stuff still works, and you know what's going to happen is you're going to come back with a much, you're going to be refreshed, or you're going to come back with a much better perspective on something if you are able to take an extended leave of absence or, or some sort of trip that you've always wanted to take that you didn't think you could because of the fact that you can only have four days or something like that.
1: Yeah. I, I talk about this in, the, in my book and the new American road trip mixtape. There's this guy who several years ago introduced me to the idea of the grand tour. Um, he was a, well, what he was doing at the time was long distance mountain biking. He kind of took over the great divide mountain bike race and, um, made his own route and called it the tour divide or or added a section onto it. And it was more like not really a race, but it's a, you know, it's a thing that takes most people in this race a month, you know, and takes, you know, mere mortals like myself, you know, it's a 2,700 mile mountain bike ride. Most of it's on uh, Jeep roads. It's not like on single track. Um, but it, it goes from Banff to Mexico and I said, you know, like, you do this every year, like, what, you know, why do you, why do you think this appeals to people? And he said, you know, have you ever heard of this idea called the Grand Tour? It was, you know, it was um, aristocratic uh, young men in Europe in the 16, 1700s, 1700s, yeah, who would, you know, they would, after they were, you know, as they were becoming adults, would tour around Europe, and, you know, they would, they would see all these, you know, they would see art and they would like listen to live music because, you know, music wasn't recorded back then. They would have these cultural experiences all around Europe. And then, you know, when they came back, they were, you know, ready to become adults. And he's like, we, everybody needs to take a grand tour at least once in their life. I thought, wow, that's a great idea. You know, like, and I don't know if as Americans we do that anymore, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I can't really list that many people, who, after they graduated college, were able to take a month off of work, you know, right, all at once. Yeah. Uh, or, take, or take those gap years,
0: right, that Europeans take and Aussies take.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. I think we're, I think we're missing in that. But yeah.
0: I, I completely agree. And one of the things that we haven't really dug into in this podcast yet, but one of the things you, you talk a little bit about in your writing, and, and we we're talking actually before the podcast on it, too, is How hard it can be to lead an unconventional life like we're like we're talking about. Okay, it's hard to do and it's hard to break away, but also then have some sort of convention to it. And before we started the podcast, I didn't know this, but like you just told me, okay, we're not living in our van anymore. We've got an apartment in Denver. We're looking to get a condo. And so I want to flip the script a little bit and talk about Having this lifestyle uh, of working for yourself and doing that, but also then having some of the normalcy to it, uh, you know, a girlfriend, a husband, a wife, a boyfriend, whatever, a house, you know, all that kind of stuff. What's been your biggest struggle with that, with trying to add the normal parts that you want of life into a lifestyle that isn't quote-unquote normal?
1: The reason we're looking at um, buying a place just kind of skyrocketing and it, it's more of a place, more of a way to just stabilize the rent payment. We, I think we're battling with with like probably what a lot of people battle with is how much money you want to spend on a house and how much of a payment you want to be locked into for for, you know, 30 years or whatever it is. And for us, it's not like this is exactly what we can afford. It's more like if we pay this much, we can still afford to just go to Europe for like – we don't want to be um i guess tied down to that to that payment you know we, i don't want to i don't want to give up the world because i wanted you know four walls i guess that is my quote unquote dream house i just want a little box to keep my stuff in and uh work out of in you know like settling down quote unquote was not that big of a problem i guess when it actually happened like we were we were living on the road for so long and it was it was Was just like this, you know, the places that are great to visit when you live in a van and do outdoor things, a lot of times don't end up being the best places to work, you know, like it's hard to find (laughs) Wi-Fi in, um, you know, like, like Springdale, Utah, right side of Zion National Park, we spent a ton of time there and became friends with the, the, the people who own the coffee shop there, Deep Creek Coffee, and they're And and not just by attendance. They're good people, and and we like them a lot. Um, But, yeah, we were there a lot. We loiter a ton in their coffee shop. And, (laughs) you know, you kind of feel bad after several hours. And, you know, you go to the library, which the Wi-Fi there just doesn't really work that well. And there's only one other, you know, there's, like, a flower shop that has, you know. And, and like, it was just such a pain to, like, keep driving around trying to find, you know, Wi-Fi. Because we didn't need to be connected to do certain things, you know, to, to work. And it became this just kind of farce and like it was like god we're wasting so much time doing this and when we when we got a place it was immediately so satisfying to just like you know what my commute today is not driving my van into a town you know after we have like tried to find a place dark and private to sleep in you know we're not gonna have to drive in in the morning and then spend you know 11 dollars getting coffee and breakfast and then you know work on their wi-fi which may or may not be any good and I think it's so great to just make coffee and work for like four or five hours at a time, and then and then go do your thing, and then come back in and work at night. You know, um, so I guess I guess that doesn't answer your question fully, but um,
0: well, I think it's a great point though because so many people, once you get this little bit of freedom or you start doing it, I, I know I found too that you kind of feel like you have to keep. Doing it, like not even for anyone else really, but almost for yourself. Like, oh, I've had these struggles before of like, why I have to keep doing this, this, and this, because that's you know, that's what I'm craving. Like, if I don't have a real job, shouldn't I be taking advantage of every second? And like we've talked about. But sometimes that means taking time for yourself to do things that are easier. Like you know, I think a lot of times we equate living the best possible lifestyle to doing things that are maybe harder. Or maybe more difficult and things like that. For example, we just, we've been traveling internationally a ton over the last four years and it's been amazing coming home to the US and just saying, you know what, we're going to go out to uh, Nashville and then we're going to go up to Boulder and then we're going to come down to Austin and it's still traveling. And to a lot of people, that would be like crazy amount of traveling. But to us, it's so much easier because we come into a city, we can speak the language, we know what's going on, Like you know, we can easily find out things. And it's just, it's been so nice. It's been a, a relief for us. And I think a lot of people who then make the leap have a hard time readjusting and saying, wait a second, it is okay to do these things like get an apartment or, or take the quote unquote easy route out because they're, they're, I don't know, maybe like you said, addicted to Kind of the high of things being harder.
1: Yeah, I uh, I actually just interviewed a friend of mine who uh, was a uh, a buyer for a, a climbing gear shop in Salt Lake, and it was a totally different story. Uh, but one of the things he said was, "If you don't like easy climbing, you don't like climbing." Like that was what he said. I thought, yeah, And am like, yeah, it's easy to go to Boulder and Nashville and stuff. But if you can't, I mean, if you can't find beauty like right out your back door you know, going further out your, you know, going 3000 miles, you're not going to find it either. You know, like, I don't think that, I don't think it has to be limited to, you know, these big trips that you like tell everybody about on Facebook or put up tons of photos on. Like, to me, the the true challenge is like, you know, just Alistair Humphreys is absolutely inspirational in that, in that too. And like, um, in his short things that he does, these little things that are close to his house, you know, and like yeah, if you can't, I mean, I recently did a a project on Instagram that was, it wasn't, uh, I didn't, it wasn't for money or or anything like that. I just did this series of 15 stories about the, I think it was a total of 20 blocks from my apartment on one street, um, Colfax, Colfax Avenue. So I had these stories that I, these little vignettes that I had written that were just things that had happened to me or I'd seen over the years. And then went out and shot photos to go with all of them. And I'm not a great photographer, but it was fun to actually go out and find something that close to my apartment, you know, like find the stories and, and that are worth sharing, that are, that are that close, even though, yeah, I have traveled quite a bit, you know, I've been kind of around the world or at least around the West, you know, everywhere and I'm like, yeah, this little place right here, I can do this, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it was quote unquote, easy, but man, it's kind of difficult too. So it's a good challenge. And I don't know. I mean, I think, I think we do that. You know, if you live in a city, I think your, your version of travel becomes, at least for me, it's like finding all these new restaurants to go to. And, you know, there's this constant wave of talking about that for, with most of my friends, you know, like every time we get together, I feel like there's another thing mentioned, you know, this new taco place you have to go to or or such and such coffee shop or whatever. And, um, and that's that's your version of – that's your miniature adventures of traveling is hanging out in your city and, and finding new, new things, you know.
0: Yeah. I feel like I should do a whole episode or, or a series of episodes on quote-unquote like urban travel, like the thing that you've talked about because one of the things we're so interested in in Austin is, hey – after I'm done recording this podcast, before another one, let's go out and find a taco stand we've never been to before. Like Earth-changing? No, but still really fun and really awesome, and something little that I can do in the middle of the day that I, I get enjoyment out of, and that is a, and that's a fun thing to do. And I think there's a lot of that that you can do if you're someone who's not going to take these huge adventures. And you can just, yeah, you spice up your life as best as you can by doing the things that get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. One of the, the things I want to ask you about, because you have done a lot of traveling, you've done a lot of budget traveling and, and doing it on the cheap, our goal at Extra Pack of Peanuts is to help people travel more while spending less. What are some of your best tips for traveling more and spending less?
1: Oh, boy.
0: And I know there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Let me think there. I'm not exactly that successful at it, but I will say that I think if you have a car that you can sleep in, you can beat the game in so many ways, like campground. You just need a dark spot, you know, to park in. And that can save you tons of money depending where you're at. I guess that's more maybe more of a Western United States thing. Yeah, Whole Foods has Wi-Fi. I don't know if people know that, but it's a pretty awesome thing. They have a, a salad bar and Wi-Fi, you know. Which they they don't mind that you loiter a ton. Somebody told me always travel with a spoon because you never want to miss out on an opportunity for free food, um, <laughs> which which I always do. Backpack with a spoon in it, you know. Like you got your laptop, you got your cell phone charger, you got your spoon. Gosh, yeah. There's so many little things that people do that are just incredibly, I guess, wasteful. Like buying bottles of water. Like oh my god, just carry a carry a water bottle. Like. There's so many places to fill up a water bottle and like, you know, you can't, instead of buying a $2 bottle of water, like every time you need water, that's, that's pretty basic level, but I don't have any really great tricks, I guess.
0: I think the one that you alluded to that is pretty neat is that you can, like like you can make your car or like you mentioned, like, or a van or whatever you have, there are so many ways that you can. Save on accommodations if you're willing to look at something in a different way. And I think most people would say, "Well, I would never sleep in my car because, you know, why would I do that? Like it's going to be uncomfortable, things like that." But there are so many different ways with accommodations that you can you can beat it. Because if you have to, if you are traveling and you are staying in a hotel room, I mean, let alone uh, you know if you're staying at campsite, it's still expensive. But hotel rooms, I mean, are going to cost you a fortune. So I can only imagine the amount of money that you were able to save having your van and basically
1: living out of it for two and a half three years yeah and then and then you can blow all that money on good espresso I guess I don't know no we like we would rarely you know I think if you can go like a week without showering you're in a pretty good if you can if you can survive that a week at a time you'll save a ton of money and like I, I still feel bad when I get hotels. I'm like, oh my god, not even expensive hotels. I'm like, right. this is eighty dollars from a place for me to sleep for like, like I'm gonna be here for nine hours. Like this is so ridiculous. And so you, you have to go to the continental breakfast and just and just rate it. You know, like uh,
0: I always tell people too to do the um, kind of like we do this a lot. If we have one, if we're traveling, we have one night where we're gonna spend at a nice hotel, whether it's using hotel points or we're actually gonna spend some money doing it. You know, you check in way early. Like we've checked in as early as like six A. M. We arrived in Bangkok. Can we please check in? Sure. So we have that whole day and then we know uh, can we check out at five PM? So you're in essence getting, you know, like thirty six hours in a hotel where most people would pay for eight. That's kind of a trick that I love too.
1: Oh well, that's the way to go. We we made a rule just traveling around the West. We didn't make a rule, but we tended to like, okay, let getting like we haven't showered in eight days, let's get a cheap hotel that's like forty five dollars, but never if they don't serve breakfast because like that's two meals too. like two showers, two meals, you know, I'll take or leave the bed. That's okay. We had a bed in, in the van. So, you know, like whatever, but, but that was okay. You know, like I'll pay that, you know, cause a lot of places you go to, you know, these towns like Joshua tree and Moab where they have a, a, a place that actually sells showers to dirt bags. It's like, you know, you end up spending five or six bucks just for yourself to shower and times two, that's 10 or $12. And, that point the the hotel starts to look like kind of a deal so
0: uh. yeah and always bring the spoon haven't heard that in 160 some episodes so even right there that little nugget of wisdom i think will save people a lot of hassle and uh yeah really make for some interesting experiences and one of my favorite questions to ask guests and this will be the last one then on the show is about their travel mistakes or mishaps, because everyone seems to think that seasoned travelers have it all together. And oh, man, like Brendan, he's traveled all over. He's traveled in his van. He, he really knows what's going on. But the reality that I see is the more people travel, the kind of goofy things they do or the hilarious mishaps they have while traveling. Do you have one that sticks out in your mind?
1: Oh, boy. You know, I missed a flight for the first time uh, last monday actually
0: all right (laughs) just
1: flat out missed a flight but uh i just walked i was in durango and i was flying back here after a little canyoneering trip for a company had flown me there and i was flying back and i just walked into the airport which is like i think they have two gates there it's tiny and i walked up the united counter and there's only one guy standing at the whole counter of course and i said hi i'm here for the 2 p.m flight he goes we don't have a 2 p.m flight and he goes we have a one Oh five, but you're too late for that. And I looked at my phone and I was like, just totally forgot, like totally did not look at the wrong time. And so I totally missed my flight, but I don't know if I have any Epic like meltdowns really. I did have an entire year of buying and reappropriating plane tickets, going to see women who didn't actually want me to be there, I guess, which was, was a sad, <laughs> sad time in my life. Um, wasted quite a bit of money doing that, but it was it was just like one after another, and like okay i'm I just give up, i'm done you know um <laughs> that that was that was quite a ways quite a while ago, but it was like- so
0: when you're when you're not missing flights, you're just buying flights and then not being able to use them because people end up not wanting you to come
1: yeah or, or being there and being like this was a really bad idea it wasn't <laughs> Yeah. You oh, know, you know, next time yeah
0: flying is not your thing man i guess you have to stay in the van and just road trip all around
1: yeah i do i do well otherwise but yeah there's <laughs> been a couple yeah i guess no yeah that's been successful so far so yeah. yeah
0: great well what do you have then brendan in the pipeline that people should be looking out for either personally in your travels or what you're doing or professionally
1: um, yeah, I mean, I have a couple books out, one that continues to sell pretty well, uh new American road trip mixtape that you mentioned, uh, which is probably most relevant to people who are, who are travelers. Um, and then yeah, I'm working on a bunch of different stuff. I have a film I co-directed that is premiering, uh, this weekend at the five point film festival. Um, and that should be online sometime this year. I think it's, it'll be called Frank and the tower. Um, it's about, Devil's Tower, and a climbing guide who lives there and has been climbing there for 40 years. Uh, Good friend, fantastic story. Um, And then, yeah, my website, semirad.com. I write there weekly, every Thursday morning. And then I'm just uh, trying all kinds of different things. I do have, I think I have another book in the works with a publisher, and then a climbing guidebook that just came out, but it's Colorado, Colorado Colorado-centric. So it's not that useful to to everyone uh, unless you're in Colorado, um, but yeah, that's that's about it, really.
0: Awesome. Well, we will link all that up. And Brendan, thanks again for coming on the show and and for really inspiring people to make every second count. If you can remind people one more time how they can come connect with you, and of course, then how they can grab the two books that you mentioned or the two that we mentioned at the top of the show, both the um, the American Road Trip and then the Funny in the Woods book
1: oh those are yeah those are both on uh, my website semirad.com and uh any any social media i have is under the handle semirad semirad like semi underscore rad usually um instagram twitter stuff like that so yeah
0: Awesome. Great. And as always, guys, everything that we mentioned, we will link up in the show notes. You can get that at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods, P-O-D-S. I highly recommend checking out Semi-Rad, especially if you haven't seen Brendan's five-minute video. And we didn't get to touch on this in the podcast, actually, but go check it out. You can find it really easily on semi-rad.com. You'll be totally inspired. It's really well done. And it's just, yeah, it's an inspirational video about making every second count. If you like this podcast, I've got... I had two recommendations for you. I've actually got three now because we talked about Alistair a lot here, Brendan, and I know (laughs) that you're a big fan of his and and so am I. So if you want to check out Alistair Humphreys and we talk about adventuring, both big and small, you can go to episode 43. Episode 54, we did an interview with a really inspiring woman named Kelly Will, one person, one community, one nation, who went from being a famous celebrity gossip columnist to deciding to travel all around the U.S. and spending every single night with a new, different person, someone she hadn't met before. So that's a really neat story. And episode 53 from 0 to 777 with Joel Runyon. He went from not being able to get a job at Target to giving the keynote speech at their headquarters. And he's also currently in the middle of running seven ultra marathons on seven continents to help raise money to build seven schools. So just really inspiring people doing things that you might think is impossible, but when you hear their stories, you realize they're just regular people like me, like Brendan, like you. So check those out and you can get that at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. Of course, you can get it on iTunes and Stitcher and everything like that. So Brendan, thanks again for coming on the show. I had a great time. I'm I'm bummed I missed you while you were in Denver and I was in Boulder, but next time we'll have to do that.
1: Oh yeah, that'll be awesome. Uh, Yeah, thanks for having me, Trav. This has been super fun.
0: Awesome. And guys, don't forget, check out semi-rad.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Thanks for the support, and thanks for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. Until next time, happy free travels.